Bueno, señores, llegamos al último. We have reached the end. All right, not the, not the end of the podcast, just the end of the season. So I originally wanted to go 10 episodes for each season, but... But no, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen that way, and it's okay, and we're okay, and everything is okay. It's not the end of the world. Um... I think that I was trying to like fluff. I, I had actually recorded an episode for last week. Also, I'm sorry that I've been MIA. It's just the holidays and everything and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Um, And yeah, it's it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, And also I've been... So I recorded an episode for last week that I was going to post but I just didn't because I felt like I was just fluffing things in preparation for this podcast and it just it it didn't make sense to put out and I've also been like low-key panicking about this episode because it's like ta fuerte ta fuerte la cosa um but yeah let's just and I've also been like in order for this podcast this episode to come out I have to have a conversation with my mom explaining to her what I'm about to explain to you guys. And I've been avoiding that conversation for years. Years. Anyway. Pero, el grano. As you guys know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Um, in this The reason why I think that my mom chose this specific Pentecostal church is because there was a family... And again, I'm not going to say the names because this is not an expose. This is just for you guys to understand me and where I come from. And I think this is a big part of that. Um, my There was this certain family that it was the brother and the two sisters and the mother. They were all adults. The, the, the like monarch of the family, the mother, she was una, una anciana de la iglesia. She was pretty old and all these siblings well all her children most of her children these she had a, a bunch of children I don't know exactly how many but her three children had their families come to that church they her the whole entire family was born and raised in that church I believe if not born and raised and raised so one of the brothers let's just call him Peter Peter and his wife. Um, Peter was being a comedido with my mom. And and it it sounds creepy from the get, but let's just go in with it. He was being a comedido with my mom. Like, if he saw her struggling with the stroller, he would go immediately and help her. And then once my mom actually, like, started actually coming to church, um, he would send, he had a whole bunch of kids, too. He would send his kids to go pick up my mom, like to help her bring me because I was a baby to help her bring me to church or just to help her to get to church. And my mom thought that that was very thoughtful and she appreciated it. And she she grew fond of this family because of their willingness to help her. Right. Um. So. But, like, big disclaimer, there had been rumors that this, that Peter was very inappropriate with women. Or his, he was, he was a jokester. And his jokes were very inappropriate towards women. Or very inappropriate in general. Like, he was just always trying to, like, be funny. Always. And sometimes it was funny. But other times it was like, ja, like. They had to 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 alboroto, like chill, relax, enjoy life. So my mom grew very close to this family. And and we we would see them at least five times a week, everybody in the church. So they became our family away from family because my family 
is basically in Guatemala. My family here, my like my dad's family, I'm pretty sure I told you guys this, but I would see them like very, I would probably in the year, I would probably see them on Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. Like three times a year, almost twice, at least twice a year. But at most three times, <laughs> it wasn't. We didn't see each other that often. Um, so these people were our family, and we always saw these people. And my mom began to trust them, or I think my mom had already trusted them. Like once they really started helping her get to church, and and just helping her with her kids. So they started helping her with her kids and get to church and all of that stuff. And one of their sons, one of Peter's sons, he would tell me and my siblings to call him uncle, Theo. And it was fine, like, oh, Theo, what's up? And and honestly, that made me feel good because it's like, you're choosing to be my uncle like thank you thank you for loving me you know (laughs) it's whatever but i i appreciated that i appreciated that this family viewed us as family i love that because i love family and i love that i could have a family even though i wasn't in guatemala with mine so the years went on um my mom after my my dad passed away my mom had a conversation with me and she told me cuz in at my dad's funeral I was sitting on one of my older cousin's laps and she took me to the side I was 8 yeah about 8 years old about to be 9 and she took me to the side and she said nunca te sientes en las piernas de un hombre never sit on a man's lap never and I was like but why like that's my cousin it doesn't make sense but she was firm on that don't sit on any man's lap great I don't know when it started like I don't I don't remember the first time that it happened but very often our church would have after church meetings right it would be like the 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 all the leaders in the church or a certain group or whatever but my mom was always in that group so we would always have to stay after church literally always we lived in that church lo único que faltaba was that we had to pay rent but we didn't um so we would always stay and so peter would often Peter and his wife, or sometimes just Peter, because sometimes Peter's wife would be in these meetings. Peter would offer my mom, oh, you can leave your kids with me, because he lived fairly close to church, at least closer than we did. So he would be like, your kids can stay with me, like, I'll watch them. Sometimes he would, like, just be up, because the meetings would take place in the basement of the church. So sometimes he would just watch us on the main floor. Or we would go to his house. Or he would take us to eat pizza. So, I I, I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember if it, if it started before my conversation with my mom about not sitting on people's laps, on men's laps. But, he started asking me to sit on his lap. Oh, sorry, sorry. Warning, warning. This is for mature audience. <laughs> Um, well, this is for mature audiences. This is, um, yeah, this is, this is traumatic. So trigger warning, right? So this, this Peter, he was an adult man. I think he was old. He's definitely older than my mom. Um, he started asking me to sit on his lap or telling me to sit on his lap. Like, oh, mija, come here, sit down. Um, and at first I thought it was normal. 
I didn't see anything like wrong with it because it was it was Peter like we've known him forever what possible harm could he do to me like and my mom was really 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 strict like really 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 strict we couldn't do anything we couldn't go with anybody so the fact that she trusted him and his family was like okay we're fine like we're in a safe environment nothing can ever happen to me so sitting on his lap is not causing me any type of harm however i as the years went by it continued he continued to ask me to sit on his lap and he would find like stupid excuses like sometimes he would like take us to my mom's car and he would be like oh I'm gonna teach you how to drive come sit on my lap bro how you gonna teach me how to drive and I'm sitting on your lap but I did it because I was a kid and it was it was Peter it like there's nothing wrong with Peter right he's just a little bit creepy but he's fine because my mom finds it funny my mom finds his stupid low-key inappropriate jokes funny and he would always joke with my mom how me and my brothers were his kids and and you know how she was low-key his his wife but my mom found it funny so I was like okay it's okay but as the years went by, I, I felt uncomfortable with sitting on this adult man's lap. And now very often we were at his house with him and my brothers. So it was literally just the four of us by ourselves. And I was probably already like a teenager. And he was still asking me to sit on his lap. Um, I don't, again, I don't remember when the first time I said no was but I started saying no and he he like would would hint towards or if I said no he would call my brothers over and be like oh come sit next to me and I would say in my head I took that as he's gonna he's gonna make dumb sit on his lap and he's gonna like whatever disgustingness he feels when I sit on his lap he's gonna feel when they sit on his lap so I rather avoid my brothers that trauma or I rather avoid that experience for my brothers and let me just go and sit on this man's lap um so I continued to do it until one I think it just stopped we we stopped saying or I stopped saying yes let's go with him and at school one day I tripped or I jumped and I landed wrong on my foot and I was um I was limping for like the whole week and finally my mom was like we're gonna go to Peter's house and I'm gonna tell him to give you a massage because he used to tell us that he was a professional soccer player back in his country and um, he he often gave other players massages to like fix their tendons and whatever. So my mom was like, I'm going to have him give you a massage. And I'm like, no. I said no. I said no multiple times. She's like, I, they had tus cosas. And I was like, I, 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 I know that I know that I know that I don't want this man to touch my leg or my foot or anything that I have but she said no you you're you're limping and I I was like trying not to limp uh but I couldn't because it really hurt and um she finally was like no he's gonna give you a massage so we went to his house his wife everybody was in the house in his apartment my mom my two brothers his wife him and I and so he he took me to his bedroom and the door was left open and his wife was like in and out right um i had to wear skirts in this pentecostal church so granted i was wearing a skirt i'm pretty sure it was like after a service after a sunday service i'm pretty sure and i was i would wear shorts or like um like faha shorts or or like just shorts in general um under my skirt 
So he started, mind you, it's my ankle that hurts. So he starts massaging like up my leg and he's like, oh, I have to because it's the tendons that I have to fix. And I was like, okay. But I was I was already like super uncomfortable because I'm literally giving him permission to touch me. My mom gave him permission to touch me. And so he starts going up my leg. And then, bro, I, I promise you, trigger, 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 trigger warning again. I promise you that if I did not have shorts on, he would have, he would have violated my no-no square. It's, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Um, but he would have because he like swiped it kind of, I don't know. You do with that information what you will. <laughs> But it was just a very inappropriate interaction. As soon as I, I like, as soon as that happened, I jumped up and I was like, all right, that's enough. And I walked out. Um, And I was like, never, 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 never again, never, never, never again will I let this man ever touch me or ever be inappropriate with me. Like, I'll never give him the chance to, to make me feel the way that he just made me feel. Uh, so that was Peter, right? And that was the last, <clears throat> the last time that I was ever, and, and again, I was, I was already in like, probably entering my late teens or my mid teens. I was definitely in high school, definitely in high school. Um, after that, I, I told my mom, I was like, no, we're not, we're not really no, we're good. We're old enough to be by ourselves or we're old enough to just wait for you here. Um, now moving on to Peter Jr., Peter's son. So Peter Jr. would tell us to call him uncle. And he was just this very charismatic person. Everybody loved him. Like everybody, he, he was just this this awesome person that everybody loved and everybody thought he was amazing and all good stuff right and he was he was very helpful towards my mom like anything my mom needed he was down to help I remember I think it was for my 13th birthday my my birthday is in the summer so we my mom always like celebrated it whether it was in the park or like it was mostly always in Flushing Meadow Park, to be honest. So for my 13th birthday, he helped my mom set up in the park. And my mom, he he like woke up super early and he, he reserved the space. Because, you know, in Flushing Meadow Park, you got to be there early. Otherwise, they'd be taking up everybody. Like, they were just taking up everything. So um, my mom dropped me off to like finish helping him set up or something and then she went to do something I don't know but turn the point is that me and him and like other people were left in the park and he like took me to the side and he had a conversation with me he was basically like um he low-key gave me the sex talk sec the sex talk um but it was more so or what I remember from it is don't have sex until you're 18 because otherwise your body as a woman won't fully develop like you'll be stunted and so your curves um won't fully develop as curves yeah again not his exact words but just like the gist of it and what i remember from it like the main idea was do not have sex until you're at least 18 <laughs> Otherwise, your body won't develop the way that it should develop. I'm pretty sure there was more to the conversation. Don't remember it. That's the only part that I like actually fully remember. Thus, the grooming. I mean, the grooming had been happening for years, to be honest with you. So, when I turned 18... I started I started going I started walking dogs in a building in Manhattan 
but it was the building that Peter Jr. worked at as a doorman. So because I started seeing him, it was like, I think it was every day that I was walking these dogs. And because I was seeing him on a daily basis, our relationship or our friendship or our uncle niece relationship mind you i'm still calling i'm i'm 18 i'm still calling this man theo and everybody knows that i call him theo and our our relationship as uncle and niece started becoming closer because i started seeing him on a daily basis and he started telling me things that an adult man should not tell a young woman or his niece in general like mm. so he started just telling me things about his marriage oh at this point he was married he had kids um he started telling me inappropriate things about his marriage like how him and his wife got along how they did not get along uh he also started to have in front of me inappropriate conversations with my friend um at one point or this is how it began he him and this friend of mine wanted to go off and have like an affair and her cover was gonna be me she was basically gonna say oh i'm going away with rosie and he was going to say, I'm going away with one of his friends. And they were going to take me and the friend and, and you know, as covers. And they were going to go have their whirlwind romance. Again, two people married. Great. But that was like the start of him being able to share inappropriate things with me. And it just got worse and worse but I took it as like oh you know like this is my uncle he's just confiding in me like there's nothing it is kind of creepy but whatever because like we've known each other he's known me since practically I was born I was literally a couple months old when they met me um and then again we just started seeing each other every single day and then it was almost an all-day type of thing because I started going to Bible Institute and my because my mom trusted him the reason I was allowed to go to Bible Institute was because he was going so it, it was like oh she's going with Peter Jr. So she's fine and she's allowed to do so because we trust him at this point my mom was still super super strict I couldn't do nothing so I'm walking the dogs and I see him I'm going to Bible Institute and I'm going with him. So we're, t- we're basically together all day at this point. There's like like hours of intervals between where we're not with each other and I'm probably going home to do stuff. But we're basically with each other multiple times a day. And he's he's like telling me about these women that like throw themselves at him and and like whatever. So... At one point, and I don't even know how, like, it began, but at one point, he tells me, I have a proposition for you. Um, you're a virgin, and one day you will get married, but you and I can start an affair, and I can teach you things that will help you make your man happy that's what I'm gonna be doing for you but what I'm gonna be getting out of it is me and my wife are not on good terms right now and you can give me what she's not giving me and nobody will ever imagine that we're doing this because you call me Theo and I tell everybody that you're my niece and we're together all the time anyway. So nobody will ever know 
that we're actually having an affair instead of just being niece and uncle. So in my mind at the time, I was disturbed by it a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel or I didn't, I wasn't able to grasp the entirety of how wrong this was because of all the grooming that had happened up until that point. Like you have to understand this is somebody that I grew up with. He was my uncle. He was always there. When my father passed away, he became like, and and it, it sounds like super dirty to say it now, but he kind of became like a father figure or somebody that I looked up to. Like I would see the way that he would interact with his kids or his blood related nieces and nephews. And I would be like, wow, like this is what a father is or, or this is what I I wish I could have been able to experience with my father. Like, I wish he was still alive so I could experience these things with him. Um, and so at, in, in, at this point in my head, he's like the ideal, well, not at this point, but at one point before, like I started walking the dogs, I viewed him as like the ideal Christian man, like a, a, a like a real man of God, an amazing father to his children, an amazing husband to his wife. Um, and then I started walking the dogs and I started seeing him like on a different level, but like, pobrecito, like he's still a human being, like he's just struggling like everybody else. Um, and he's just doing the best that he possibly can. So at this point I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I definitely knew that I didn't want to sleep with him. Right off the back, I knew that I did not want to lose my virginity to this man. I had hold on to my virginity for 18 years. Ain't no way I'm going to give it to this man. No way. But in my head, oh, but also I think we had a conversation as well where it was, it was, this was towards the end of the year or probably like September, October-ish. So he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, we can have our affair now, but once the new year comes in, like I'm going to really give myself to God and I'm going to really like focus on God and, and blah, blah. So in my head, I was like, if I can distract him enough to get to the end of the year in order for him not to like have intercourse with anyone or even with me. Um, then we're good because I'll, I'll, I'll have distracted him to the point where like, he didn't do anything wrong except just talk about it, even though that's still wrong on so many levels. But I agreed to a certain point. So basically my, my agreement was yes, but we have to work up to me sleeping with you. But in my head, I already knew I, I was not going to sleep with him. Um, So it was, there was, there was, uh, there was nothing. I think it was more so talk than anything physical. I think, well, not think, I know, because I know, I know the farthest that we went was just making out. Like there was no under under the clothes action, none of that. It was just making out. Um, until one day I was just like I I I was just like, I don't wanna do this anymore. I just I I don't wanna do this and I know that I'm not gonna have sex with you. So I just let's just stop because this is like it's too much. And <laughs> I I didn't realize the full damage of what I had done to myself or what I had agreed to do until I was I was looking 
I found that I was looking for something to numb me, to numb my guilt or to numb, to numb everything so I could like forget what the hell just happened. Um, <clears throat> and I, I hit up this guy. I don't know if I, if I told you guys before, if I deleted it from an episode, but I remember I spoke about it. I hit up this guy. Um, and I was like, we just started hanging out and it wasn't anything inappropriate, but then I was like, bro, I want to smoke weed (laughs) because I wanted to know how it felt like I wanted to know if my, if everything that I was carrying would feel lighter or would feel better i want i wanted to feel better from what i had agreed to do or what i had done and what i had been involved with period because i felt dirty i felt disgusting like i just i didn't want to deal with that anymore so i hit him up and i was like we after we hung out up a couple times i told him um i want to get high can you make that happen of course he said yes like a guy and a girl what Um, so we, we met up one day and we went, I think I went to his apartment and not Peter Jr., the guy that I had, um, hit up to get high with. Um, I went to his apartment and I didn't care anymore at this point. I didn't care about anything. I just... I just didn't want to feel the way that I felt. So me and this guy, we started making out. Like it was, it was, it was pretty heavy making out. It was. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty heavy. Um. And his phone rang. And he got up, to to go answer the phone. I think once that phone rang. The reality of what I was about to do and what I was doing slapped me in the face. And I got up. I literally jumped up, gathered everything that I had and ran, ran for dear life. Now that I'm saying it, it reminds me of um, of Joseph in the Bible when he ran from from this guy's wife but anyway <clears throat> I ran for dear life and the guy called me he's like what happened like what's going on I was like bro I had to go I had to go and I took the train home and I just sat on the train with the fullness of everything the fullness of Of, of of everything of agreeing to quote unquote an affair with this man who I had known my entire life who I had called uncle who I had trusted I had I had gone to a not random he was the guy that gave me my first kiss but I had gone to this guy's house to go smoke weed with him like who I didn't recognize who I was I was like what the hell what in the entire hell this is not you why are you doing this but I was so like decepcionada in everything because I'm like this was this was what is what is God right now like what is God because if this man if Peter Jr I thought he was a man of God and, and, and like they have him preaching in churches. They have him like ministering to people and everything, but this is who he really is. So what is God? And why has God allowed him to sit here and minister to people and mentor people and go to Bible Institute and do all these things for your kingdom but this is who he is. Like, I didn't understand that. And and then I was like, well, what the hell is the point of marriage anyway? And what the hell is the point of waiting for marriage if this is what marriage is? I thought that 
he was an amazing husband. What the hell does an amazing husband look like if not him? So I was just, I was so, so, so confused as to what a man was even supposed to be. Like, there weren't many men in my church growing up. So, he was like the example that you will go to. And now it's like, what the hell is my example? Although at the time, the pastor, aka my dad, uh, not my biological father, but my dad, you know, he was an amazing man and I could clearly have looked up to him but like what this guy was like Peter Jr. was already like somebody that I thought was an amazing example of all things man like I, I didn't I didn't I didn't understand and at that point I was just like you know what I give up on on love or trying to I give up on marriage because what the hell is marriage at this point nothing I'm I'm not gonna give up on God but like what the hell and then he he wanted Peter Jr. wanted to act like nothing had ever happened he wanted to go back to uncle niece type relationship but I'm like I I didn't I didn't know how to do that but also he was the only way that I could do things like he was the only way that my mom would let me go out and and do anything like I could use him as an excuse to do anything so I I couldn't just cut him off because he was like my ticket to freedom so I I began to use his name for things. And then after I used him for things, um I I I didn't want to have anything to do with him because the disgustingness of him and his father. Like I think I went through these things and I kind of just put them in the back of my head and never dealt with them until I went to therapy actually until I went um during the pandemic me and my friends we wanted to start a podcast and and I wanted to speak on that I wanted to speak on like this abuse that it's like you can't go to the cops and be like oh these people were like inappropriate with me and one like Loki molested me for my childhood but but not sexually molested me just like molested me and then the other one proposed that we have an affair and just violated the trust that my family had in him and the relationship that we had with him like you that's not a crime it's just morally wrong so it's like I I didn't know what to do with that Um, so I I just wanted to speak on it because I know that it happens and I know that it, it, it has happened to women regarding these two men and they were deemed crazy. They were deemed ridiculous. The church would like say, nah, you're bugging. But they're not bugging because it happened and it was inappropriate and it was disgusting. But anyway, I, I wanted to speak on it on the podcast that me and my friends were going to do. So I started telling, like I started by telling them and then I told my middle brother, and then 
that's when therapy started and I, I, I hit up my pastor and I was like, hey, we need, I, I need your help because I want to figure out how to navigate through or how to start talking about this particular topic. And so we, I went through, through therapy for this and that's how my therapy began. I didn't think that I needed help with myself. I just wanted to learn how to talk about this specific situation Um, and she just worked me through it because I didn't, I didn't, and this is where like not telling my mom, uh, fits in because I didn't know how to talk about it because I felt like it was my fault. I felt like every single situation with Peter and Peter Jr. was my fault. And I did that to myself and I was embarrassed of it and I didn't want to speak on it because I did this or I didn't have the full blame of it, but I was to blame for it and I was going to be blamed for it because of the way that similar situations with other people came into play. All these women were viewed as your bugging. These are men of God and you're the one who's out of place. And even more, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to admit to any of these things because nobody, nobody raped me, right? Nobody um, physically assaulted me. I mean, except for that time with him swiping, but it it wasn't like a severe case. So how do you like what do you what do you do? And then with Peter Jr., it was like I was already 18. Like I I should have known better. So with my therapist, I had to work through like it wasn't my fault. So now I'm 27 years old, right? And I'm in a place where I know it wasn't my fault. I know I could have done nothing to prevent them from seeing me the way that they saw me, from trying to have the encounters with me that they had. I I, I stopped it when I was able to. And and it happened. But if it is happening to you now or it did happen to you, I want you to know that it wasn't your fault and that you could have done nothing, nothing to warrant that type of attention. You couldn't have worn different clothes. You couldn't have fixed yourself differently. You couldn't have spoken differently. It was their fault. It was absolutely their fault. And if you have daughters, I know life is hard. I know that my mom did the absolute best that she could because she had three children and she had to do it by herself. And I love her and I thank her for that. But if you have daughters... Pay very, very close attention. And not close attention where you're suffocating them. Because I think the reason why I... Not allowed it to go for so long, but the reason why Peter Jr. was allowed to have that interaction with me was because... I, my mom didn't let me do anything. And he was, he was a way for me to do something. Like, he he was my, my, he was the only way that I was allowed to go out. And at that point, I didn't have anyone else in church. Um, Everybody had married off or gone away. So pay, pay attention to your daughters. Whether it's, and not in a negative way not in a negative way not in a way where they'll feel suffocated but just in a way that 
they'll be able to have open conversation with you. Like I used to say, I wish my mom could look me in the eyes and know that something is wrong with me. Because she always used to tell me that my face was very expressive. Um, <clears throat> so just pay attention. Try to create situations with your kids where they'll be open and honest with you without any repercussions where they can just sit there and have a conversation with you like pay attention who they hang out with do not do not do not give men access to your daughters i said men pay attention to me saying men i don't care if they're like blood related uncles I don't care if they're cousins because I have stories about cousins baby <laughs> so pay close attention to your daughters to and and th- I'm saying daughters instead of daughters and sons but I think it's daughters and sons pay attention to your kids bruh I know life happens I know situations happens where you're just like I can't deal with my life and worrying about them and I'm not a parent so I don't know I don't even know how to like tell you how to balance that out but what I will tell you is the moment that you're distracted or the moment that you're overwhelmed and dealing with your own life and your own personal situations that will be the opportunity for other people with malintentions to swoop in and be a comfort to you or a source of trust for you and your kids and that's when the grooming begins they like weasel their way into like these situations and they start the grooming process where you start to trust them you start to find comfort in them and then you trust them and you find too much comfort in them And you allow them access to your kids. Unsupervised access to your kids. And that's where it begins. Please watch your children. Have open conversations with your kids. Like make them feel safe with you. Allow them that space where they can be vulnerable and safe with you. Because that's so, so important. And it will be the basis for the rest of their life like it doesn't matter what age they're at they'll feel comfortable having hard tough conversations with you instead of them having to deal with these things by themselves like be very very intentional with who you allow near or who you trust with your children because like the Spanish saying says uno nunca sabe uno nunca sabe and it's bruh it's it's so true it's so true and to culminate this in conclusion I have handed this over to God I think that my experience with these two Peters um, it, it, it hurt a part of me that already had daddy issues and and it made it like okay well level up <laughs> now you have male issues <laughs> it's honestly not funny um and i started having problems with trusting men in general um but through therapy like i i figured it out thanks to the help of my therapist and god and god has taken that I don't I don't want to say it was a fear of men, but for lack of better words, let's put it there or like a distrust of men and has 
given me discernment and has healed that part of me where like instead of me being afraid to like have a conversation with a man now I'm just like I can't have a conversation with you like there's nothing's gonna happen to me um So yeah, God God has been healing all these areas and all these topics which I've exposed to you guys and I've let you in on. And that is why I'm allowed to share it and I'm allowed to, to speak on it. And I told this to one of my friends earlier this week. I was like, sometimes God wants you to experience some things to qualify you to speak on them. And boy, oh boy, am I qualified. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of what happened to me. I'm not embarrassed. Um, it happened. It happened and it has given me again for lack of better words insight and it has allowed God to heal to show me his goodness in these areas and I I can now sit here and speak of it from a healed place from a place of it wasn't my fault and I didn't do anything to warrant it but I stopped it and I overcame it and I'm a bomb ass person so yeah that's it take care of your kids watch your daughters don't let no mans I don't care how much you trust them don't let these men be alone with your children be very mindful have hard conversations be your daughter's safe place Please, I know you're struggling with yourself, but be a safe place for your daughters. Protect them because this world is coming for their innocence and will take it. Okay, bye. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. I know Christmas already passed, but Happy New Year. I'm so excited for this next um, season number two. It's not just going to be about me, so you're not going to hear my boring, boring, boring voice all the time. We're going to have special guests. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to try to figure out how to do video podcasts. So exciting things, exciting things. I will see you guys next year. Bye.